podcast informs listeners that the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed solely belong to the host and not necessarily to their employer or any other group of individuals. It is not a research report. It is not a recommendation to buy or sell any security. It is for informational purposes only and should not be construed otherwise. Hello guys, it's January 5, 2020, and I'm making my first 2020 recording. Let's start this year right with a Jim Ron quote. He says, your life does not get better by chance. It gets better by change. Well, essentially, I'm pretty sure that you have a lot of things that you want to happen for 2020. And to me, I'll just give you some quotes that I prefer. Um, these are things that I want you to hear about and think about. Number one, I'd like you to think about the term dispassionate analysis. Everyone says that you have to be emotionless, you have to have no emotions, but actually, I do believe that emotion can have a ton of value to an investor skill set because it is emotion that puts ourselves in the customer's shoes and it helps us share empathy why a customer loves a product, why a customer uses the product and the services that they do. In fact, it is a critical, qualitative, important insight that makes me understand if a product is as important as it is. Therefore, Sometimes the moat, of course, people who own a Tesla will attest to this. They are one of the most passionate analysis, and sometimes you don't know if they're even analyzing it, but that's one of the things that you cannot malign. It's important for you to know that these are things to be cherished because it opens up a whole new world of opportunities because psychology is also a competitive advantage. You have to understand these things. The best investment opportunities are found by sometimes stumbling into them in your personal life and appreciating how cool the company is. Peter Lynch was pretty much right about this, and this is a big reason why emotion and empathy can be advantageous. As I said, last 2019, I've been discussing luck-in, luck-in, luck-in coffee is important. What happened? Luckin Coffee went from 20 to 40. That's a 100% move in a quarter. Yes, I know that Tesla went from 300 to 450 in a quarter. Yes, in a quarter. That's three months. But, you know, there's a lot of companies that we like that's also gone up 50%. We like Stoneco. It's an e-commerce and digital payment provider in uh, Brazil. Cashless transactions are a fast-growing industry. We've seen this happen in USA, in China, and of course in Latin America. It's happening even here in the Philippines. It is. It is expanding where 85% of transactions in Brazil are still done in cash. And many people, 50 million, over 50 million people do not have a bank account in Brazil. This is why e-commerce and digital payment companies like Stoneco 
are helping businesses and consumers to get around that difficulty of transacting in cash using fintech or technology. Cashless payments are a growth industry. Uh, Stoneco is also known as the Warren Buffett stock of Brazil. We, um, we've seen Stoneco went IPO $24. Stoneco went $42 to end this year or opened up $42 for January. That's a great company and it's still going strong. In fact, for our FinTech 2020 picks, we want you to still, we continue to recommend Stoneco. It was a buy procedure for us at 26, a buy at 30, a buy at 36, at 38. If you still don't have Stone Coal, consider maybe at 40. PagSeguro is also a pick. PagSeguro Digital, uh, it is essentially the PayPal of Brazil. <clears throat> you have to think of it that way. Um, I'll discuss our picks. Infinera. Infinera is an optical equipment. It helps carriers boost capacity of their existing networks without laying down additional fiber. This technology helps carriers meet the growing bandwidth demands of cloud services and streaming media. Fiber networks are currently operating at 100G to 200G speeds over long distances and about 400G to 600G at shorter distances. 600G speeds are expected to mature by next year, following by 800G upgrades in 2020, late 2020, and 2021. Infinera, which is just a 1.5 billion market cap, is one of the few companies that will launch 800G solutions by 2020. Infinera has struggled in the past because it was too highly exposed, exposed to the long-haul market when enterprise customers were prioritizing short-range upgrades. However, it has rectified this issue by acquiring its rival Coriant, which gave it a high exposure to the short-range metro and data center interconnect markets, giving it fresh ways to cut costs. They had actually synergies of about $200 million. Infinera has allayed the prior concerns about its growth with two straight quarters of accelerating revenue growth, cross-margin expansion sequentially and annually to 33% last quarter. It even expects that expansion to hit 34 to 36% this fourth quarter and outsourcing more of its chip production in Thailand. After the acquisition of Coriant, analysts are expecting Infineris revenue to rise 10%, narrowing losses to about break-even levels, and Infinera is still a solid buy. Um, we have to explain that our business method is um, we have to always do quality investing in companies that are shaping the next decade. And um, it will bring you enormous peace of mind and no sleepless nights if you always get into companies with a position size mindset with a time frame of three years at very least. And again, I have to keep on repeating at least 10 to 20 to 30 names. It is unfortunate if you are investing in a stock hoping for a multi-bagger tomorrow. It will happen over time, not tomorrow. It, and again, do not try to make gold out of junk. 
I understand that people like to buy distressed companies and so forth. But you, in, I, in my view, you have to start with companies with a baseline of a strength performance. Dark horses are also fine, but you have to know if it's growing and why there was a reason why it fell and why it has changed. So with Infinera, for instance, you've seen that this company used to be a $30 name. It fell to three bucks. It went to about six bucks. We're hitting a buy on six, seven, eight. We believe that as the business subscribers grow, 5G networks roll out, cable subscribers upgrade to services. They must evolve toward access-friendly architectures, delivering this uh, fast terabits for their customers. Infinera, because it offers ultra-high density, temperature-hardened Ethernet, IP solutions for cable and multiple systems operators, will deliver this rich service to even the most demanding customers, meeting stringent performance requirements, reducing overall power consumption, and automating service delivery. Infinera, ticker IFN, which is a pick, which I think has a potential to hit about 100% or more for a secular move, is routing in 5G and DAA transport networks, distributing transport network upgrades in mobile and cable MSO networks. And the benefits include lowered CAPEX and OPEX, reduced vendor lock-in, more choices, faster innovation, cost-effective, flexible scaling. I shared the video. Actually, you'll hear things like China Mobile being open source and using some of their services. So there are several winners in the 5G space. We've uh, discussed NCGO is one name that we also like. Also, a buy at 6. It's now hitting 740. Um, for all these 5G picks, because we have about six names that we like, uh, you want to di distribute your buying over time. For fintech category space, we have these picks. Stone Co., PagSeguro, PayPal, Square. Um, Stone Co., I buy 40 bucks below. PagSeguro, we hit a buy at 32 and 28 if, if you still don't have it, try to buy 30 to 33. We have a buy on PayPal, 100 to 105. Earnings is coming January 22. Um, Square, we have a buy on this, 60 to 63, get in. The earnings will be on February 5, 2020. Um, as usual, we just buy it and hold our winners. Those who have invested earlier on Stoco, Congratulations, you'd have been more than up 50% and hold your winners. Just follow the system. Do not deviate. Hold winners. Okay, um, Pagsiguro, it's an explosive year. It is actually a 2020 pick. Um, it leads in a cashless revolution in Latin America. So, um, on the basis of volume... Stoneco is currently the Brazil's fourth largest electronic payment processor. Uh, this was launched in 2012. The founders, Andre Street and Eduardo Pontes, had already spent over a decade working in electronic payment and payment processing fields in Brazil. Although they have achieved prior success with their online payment firm, Raspag, in response to changes in the market, the duo shuttered, shuttered their earlier operation in order to build Stoneco from scratch. 
In addition to advanced tech capabilities in the electronic payment space, Stoneco stresses the importance of human connection to ease customer interaction with Stoneco's sales and customer service teams. Um, we actually discussed Stoneco's earnings profile when it was released. Uh, we, that's why we added a buy on it. Uh, for more idea, Stoneco um, is, as I said, it's a Warren Buffett pick. Actually, it was his uh, Warren Buffett's lieutenant, Todd Combs, who, who made that pick. It's a $490 million position. Uh, just to give you some trivia, uh, because I talk about baggers, li- life-changing baggers, let's talk about a few things um, in a space that everyone loves. Um, and we're going to talk about some restaurant names. So this is something that I want everyone to know. So in the restaurant space, um, there is this article that, really caught my eye it's called uh it's a, it's in the new york times the article is in a burger world can sweet greens scales up so um who is sweet greens actually sweet green operates in nine cities and has a status comparable to soul cycle warby parker the company is a unicorn it's a 1.6 billion dollar privately valued company with sales revenues of 300 million dollars with sales revenues of over $3 million, $3 million per store. And operating margins are among the best in the business. So at some point, uh, Sweet Greens will hit the IPO market. Um, what about it? Which Why do we want to talk about it in the first place? Okay, so um, I'll share to you some things about that article. The key points why I believe venture capitalists paid highly for sweet greens is not due to the salads. It's due to their massive ability to handle digital ordering in this business. Imagine they have one and a half million customers in their app and uh, more than one and a half million users accounting for 55% of order volume. Chipotle, which is considered a leader in mobile ordering, has recorded an 18% increase in sales in the United States digitally as of 2019. Soon, Sweet Green's primary point of contact with its customers will no longer be the storefront, but the smartphone. It is a notion that has provoked considerable interest from VC. Note that um, who has been leading with this smartphone digital order business Remember, it was Luck and Coffee. That's why Luck and Coffee's hundred percent move didn't startle me. In three months, it was just inevitable because they were doing the right strategy. Um, so far, I also see Shake Shack doing a lot of digital pickups. Um, this insight happened because, um, of course, I was reading the Shake Shack earnings results. They were trying to do renovation. Shake Shack was doing a lot of Grubhub partnerships exclusively. And um, it's currently, at uh, we made a buy at 59. Now it's about 61. I think Shake Shack could go 70 to 80 within the year. 
but I don't think it's gonna blast off fast because they have this six month renovation thing on 50 stores so they have a road of 150 stores to 450 it's still a scalable story and then it's still a franchising story so I do like Shake Shack we're gonna wait for it Probably, if you have a lot of money, you can put it in already at 59 or 60 bucks. And I hope that I can still put my money in at $60, 63 60 61 within the next three months. Okay, so um, the thing about Sweet Greens is that they prepare your orders in an off-site basement kitchen cutting down on real estate expense and delivering this efficiently by a single courier. So in just 18 months, Sweet Greens has built nearly 700 outposts as demand grows. And this program could potentially turn lobbies into million-dollar restaurants. So what essentially happened is they really have a lot of ghost kitchens. Um, right now, Sweet Greens doesn't have a food that's still a Tesla Model 3 because currently the, they are priced double a Big Mac. And that hard price is what prevents growth. And um, I guess something that we have to learn is that is there a way for customer frequency to also be key to Sweet Green the way Starbucks did? Note that Starbucks has expanded to more than 24,000 locations and still continues to evolve and still stays very quintessentially relevant with the highest customer frequency um, in their business. So it's a very strong point that Starbucks has never lost their customer experience appeal. And they've done this 80 times move in approximately 20 years. You have to study the past winners because that's how you could find the next winners. Um, and um, just to give you some trivia of the past winners, Chipotle went IPO $22 and on the first day it was $44. This also rings true for McDonald's. The first day it ever got listed, it was up significantly double digits. So most of the time, I want you guys to know this. And this is learned through studying winners. Do not be afraid of strong IPO debuts. It doesn't mean that you have to buy them on IPO. You just have to put them on your watch list because these companies are loved for a reason. I always take a look. Why is this company strong? And should I be buying it even after 3 years or 4 years even after a 100% pop? Note that Shake Shack's IPO was $21 around 4 years ago, went 96 fell down to 30 went 105 now it's trading at about 60 That's why I'm looking at Shake Shack, if you could enter near 40 to 50 and that's like a no-brainer. But even at 60 it's still a buy because the growth is there and you just want to wait for the mobile digital delivery to kick in. The customer experience for Shake Shack to kick in because, as I said, the same source sales growth of Shake Shack is still very strong. In fact, significant at about fifteen to sixteen percent. You wanna own some some a company that grows their same store sales that much when the industry is only growing one to two percent.
Um, uh, just to give you an insight why long-term investing is also a very strong trait that I keep on discussing, Chipotle was an IPO at $22 year 2006. It went, um, well, it's now $865. You can do the math. That's 30 times your money in 13 years. Of course, there's no straight line. Um, Chipotle was also, for a while, went from 700 bucks to 300 bucks due to, a, if you recall, there was a poison E. coli incident somewhere in their, um, in one of their dishes. So, the important thing is that um, you have to know a few fun facts. Apple IPO 1980, 1997, it was half the price. 17 years later, nothing and in the brink of bankruptcy. Now, 2019, Apple is 1.3 trillion market cap. What do we know about this? It means that you don't want to be stuck with a company 17 years and get nothing, and just even half the price, even going bankrupt. But at the same time, if you can see a shift that, hey, Apple did this, 1998, 1999, this was the time when Steve Jobs came back. It did a lot of new things. And that's when, you know, <coughs> that's when it started for Apple. And now it's about $1.3 trillion market caps. People have to study facts. Because these facts are the ones that would help you to see the future. Okay. Um, so, yun, um, for Shake Shack, it's important for you to know that the IPO was $2015, $21. It zoomed completely out of control to as high as $96. Bucks. Eventually, their irrational exuberance for hamburgers dropped. Went as far as 30 bucks, returned to glorious a second attempt to 96, even hitting 105 after four years. Now it sits at about 60. Now, you know, most people would see, okay, 30 to 160, that's a 50% Fibonacci, but doesn't really tell you anything. What you need to understand is aggressive revenue growth, making double the same sales, sales growth, you have to understand that Shaq is doing something more important than what other burger chains are doing. And it's not just about cheeseburgers. It's about launching international franchising. Well, we have Shake Shack in the Philippines. There's some in Hong Kong, in Mexico, in Japan. There are going to be Shake Shacks in Beijing, China, Shanghai, and so forth. They have a road trip from 150 to 450 or triple the same store sales triple the number of stores and they want to increase the output of those stores through a strong digital ordering system i do believe in that that's why it's important and critical for me to watch these names within the next three to five years so the only thing when analyzing a company is to look at trends and um, as I said, the trend should be improving over time. The moat has to be improving. So sometimes the moat would be brands. But of course, in Burger, you think about Shake Shack, Five Guys, In-N-Out, and so forth. That is an edge. But I think the most disruptive thing that a restaurant today has to have is delivery-only ghost kitchens. 
Number two, you have to order ahead, no lines, pick it up on the spot. Because if you can pick up your order, that means that you could increase your sales at the busiest time of the day, which is lunch hour. And so, if you could increase your sales very strongly, even with just a single store, your yield it's kind of like farming when in when when um somebody says the yield output in a certain acre is higher so that's kind of how you should think about this um order ahead delivery only pick it up on the spot it's a digital ordering revolution that is very important when it comes to restaurants that i think is a trend happening and um it's actually spearheaded before by Domino's Pizza. Um, just a history trip, Domino's Pizza IPO was 14. It opened 30% down. Walang naniwala. It was $11. But it proved over time that it was worth it. 15 years later, uh, Domino's Pizza is a $295, $300 stock. Of note, uh, Domino's Pizza was $3 during 2008 financial crisis. So this was a 100 times move from 2008 to 2019. It's a 100 times move for Domino's Pizza. Before the advent of Uber Eats, Grubhub, and all the deliveries, Domino's Pizza was the only food available for fast deliveries, and Domino's Pizza did it so well. People paid premiums after paying premiums for the drone pizza deliveries. The tweets that can make Domino's deliver a pizza to you even if you were in Central Park. So that was um, their edge. Now, of course, with all these um, other pizza chains doing the same thing, that edge or that moat is slowly not being um, a, uh, something that was new but becoming a standard for everyone. Um, so yun, um, really the reason for Chipotle's great move was also, um, because Chipotle went from about 22 to 865, that's a 33 times move. Chipotle has been prioritizing its e-commerce program to gain customer confidence. The company is aggressively trying to make digital ordering more appealing to customers and more efficient for restaurants in order to drive digital sales and retain customers. In the first um, three quarters of 2019, Chipotle's sales improved 100%, 99%, and 88% respectively in this digital front. So there was a significant increase in digital orders, higher guest satisfaction, following the rollout of its smarter pickup times technology. So the company is making every effort to enhance its delivery system, and delivery is now available for more than 97% of its restaurants. So this is a big trend. So for restaurants, autonomous delivery robots market is likely going to grow more than 50% from 2019 to 2024. This will lower delivery personnel. More so, the advent of Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub, and Postmates will all significantly boost sales of all the restaurants as long as they are, number one, more delivery businesses, higher sales, less personal expense, higher profits, less retail stores, or less retail footprint. Robots are the future, so delivery robots are a trend. 
So for the record, I think that Shake Shack cheeseburgers are really delicious, better than Five Guys, better than In-N-Out, that's me. And I think that Shake Shack is probably a good to, good to own name. Hopefully, we could own it second half because I have so much stock picks for first half um, and names that I already own, which I need to keep. So, just another trivia, Fast Food Revolution, McDonald's, $100. If you have invested in its IPO 1960, it's a $640,000 investment after 60 years. That's right. A $100 investment would have yielded you 4.4 shares based on the initial price of McDonald's, $22.50. But McDo has performed 12 stock splits, cumulatively expanding your share count by a factor of 729. In other words, your initial 4.4 shareholding would have grown to 3,208 shares over the decades. That $100 investment, which is 3,200 shares multiplied to the $200 today is approximately $640,000. You're almost a millionaire with just a $100 burger investment. So that's really what um, great quality investing means and what long-term investing means, holding on to those shares. Um, Yeah, so... Let's discuss our stock picks. Stoneco, Pagseguro, Pagseguro IPO was $21.50, Stoneco IPO was $24. Um, 2018 IPO, Pags closed, uh, 2019 closing price, Pags is uh, around $35, Stoneco is now hitting $42. Okay, so... um. It's also important to discuss other payments. So if naiwan na tayo sa Visa, MasterCard, um, actually, there's still PayPal and Square. Medyo iwan na rin sa PayPal, pero parang hindi pa naman sobrang iwan. So let's discuss PayPal. PayPal went public in February 2002 with a price of $13 per share, market cap of less than a billion dollars. The IBO was a success. Share shot up over 50% the first day of trading. If you invested $10,000 then, you'd have gotten 770 shares, 769 shares. Now, these 769 shares of PayPal turned into 300 eBay shares because eBay bought PayPal. Over the years, eBay stock had two for one splits wherein your your 769 shares would have increased to 1,200 eBay shares. Um, PayPal was pressured. Um, eBay was pressured to spin, spin off PayPal, making it a separate company again. So for every share of eBay that you've had, it was a one-to-one one share, meaning you'd have owned 1,200 eBay shares, but you also own 1,200 shares of PayPal. So that was wonderful. If you add it all up, the PayPal investment would of your ten thousand dollars is approximately seven one hundred seventy four thousand, or a seventeen x move, in approximately, uh, fifteen years. So not, I mean, after seventeen years, not so bad, but not so super strong either. Um, but as you, as we know, 
the world is online, it is inevitable that financial transactions would become digital. And PayPal is the leader in that. So it's a very wise investment even then and even until now. They are megatrends. Um, to explain about these megatrends, Visa was up 42% last year. MasterCard was up 58% last year. P- PayPal um, is continuing to be a winner. And um, if you could still buy it at 100, 105, 102.95, doesn't matter, just cost average. So PayPal um, is still set up for continued growth in the decade ahead. It just closed on the acquisition of a Chinese digital payment company called GoPay, making PayPal the first foreign entity allowed to process payments in the world's most popular country, populous country, which is China. It's also allowed um, to buy Honey Science for $4 billion, which will expand and deepen its presence in e-commerce. So, um... There's a lot of people who thought that PayPal overpaid for this acquisition, but we'll see. Um, maybe it's good that we can get PayPal uh, a bit uh, near the 100 mark if people think that it was an overpayment. Um, PayPal is um, going to report this January 22. January 21 is also Netflix earnings. I am expecting a pop on both of them, but even if they gap down, I think that I'm willing to buy more, um, depending on really the earnings. Um, it really depends, because sometimes um, there are great companies that gap down, such as what happened with Etsy, which we were contrarian enough to buy, because um, people are very short-term focused, when, when in fact the growth, the e-commerce are so strong, the megatrends are so strong. So we are all heading towards a cashless society. Physical forms of payments, including cash and personal checks, have lost importance, paving the way for debit and credit cards, digital wallets, mobile commerce platforms. E-commerce has played a major role in increasing the demand for digital-based payments, especially in emerging economies. As billions flock towards digital payments for money management issues, we recall Visa CFO Vasant Prabhu saying that e-commerce is growing five times as fast as face-to-face transactions. And an e-commerce transaction means that the propensity to use a Visa is twice as high as a face-to-face transaction. So, Something growing five times as fast where your propensity to be used is twice than what it might have been, that's phenomenal. So that's true. I mean, when you're shopping, you're either paying through Visa, MasterCard, or PayPal. So that's a lot of reasons why you want to own these names. And it's still going to be true. That trend is widely expected to reach $4.5 trillion in the next three years. And the war on cash has been occurring for several years now, been decades, because it's cheaper to produce digital currency than paper. And the IRS can track digital income more easily compared to paper. And the Fed actually prefers digital currency. And more importantly, corporates are making a lot of money from this global shift. 
Another company pick in the fintech space, which we like, is Square. Square provides payment and point-of-sale solutions in U.S. and internationally. Majority of its revenues comes from the fees collected whenever a person makes a purchase through its platform. The company has expanded its Square Cash app, helping users send money. The, the app is so popular, posting stiff competition to rival PayPal Holdings, Venmo, which is... Um, if you if you compare Square is a 20 20 billion 30 billion market cap Venmo is trading at about 120 billion market cap well both of them are probably going to be big 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 winners either way so you want to have all of them right have Stonego have Pagseguro have PayPal have Square so if you really want to still to own Visa and Mastercard there is no problem but Visa is a fourth in in my in my study. Visa has gone up fourteen times. Mastercard has gone up eighty times uh, from IPO. Very strong winners indeed. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just hope that um, the the beauty that happened for Visa and Mastercard could also happen. 10, 20, 30 times moves for Stoneco, Pagseguro, PayPal, and Square. We want them for our 2020 pick. Um, some of them are repeats because we do believe that um, they were great in 2019. And of course, they're still going to be great for until 2023 to 2024. So, obviously, um, I cannot talk about payments without the alibaba and tencent but um both of them um are already the core never sell positions obviously um they are great winners so um it's a monopoly in china they are essentially the giants not just in payments but in many things e-commerce cloud and so forth so We'll discuss about um, companies that are getting better moats. And Square stock is one of them. Square boasts operating cash flow of $580 million over the past 12 months. Trailing free cash flow stands at $500 million. And uh, more importantly, Square is probably going to go break even next year. And um, for the, for the, we're talking about just the cash app. So, that's going to be strong. Um, anyway, so there's a lot of free cash flows, which indicates that Square is um, making money. And you want that. Uh, Venmo, which is PayPal's mobile payment service, also continues to grow over 50 to 60% year over year each quarter. And increasingly, all the merchants are accepting Venmo directly, such as using Venmo for Uber, Uber Eats, Grubhub, Hulu. All of the monetization of the Venmo products is really helping to keep customers inside PayPal's ecosystem. This reduces the cost that PayPal must pay to the existing payment network operators like Visa and MasterCard. So yon. Um, for an earnings play, you can have all four fintech space. Um, there will be earnings for PayPal this January twenty two. Square is February five. So yon. 
maraming mga very important names. This company, um, this company DocuSign, I would continue to put it on our 2020 buy list, although maybe mahal siya. Um, you want to place it on your growth names because DocuSign uh, is really growing their revenues massively. 38% jump in revenues. They had a 167% jump in earnings. They will really be growing 20 to as high as 70% next year. So, it's expensive. Um, it's trading at about $12 billion market cap. I'm not sure if DocuSign um, has competition. Parang wala. Parang mag-isa siya dyan. So, sobrang lakas. Docu went from 40 to 67, balik sa 40 ngayon. Um, after breaking 60, wala, dire-diretso, 75. We gave a buy list at about 60 when we saw the earnings was so great. Uh, pero yun nga, price to perfection na rin tong si DocuSign. We wouldn't know if magkakaroon ng pullback, pero Docu is probably gonna keep on doing all-time highs and pullbacks would be an entry point for Docu. Um, ticker symbol would be DOCU. Another uh, 2020 pick, I would rehash some dark horse e-commerce picks that we have. I love Farfetch and Etsy. So, I know gusto ng lahat ngayon, pintuwa-tuwa. Parang dati, kung kwento natin pintuwa-tuwa, ilan lang yung naniniwala. No? Ngayon, parang everybody loves it. Which is probably, you know, okay. Marami talagang bibili ng pintuwa-tuwa. Sana may mga dips. Um, and kung lumipad ng lumipad yan, well, di ba nga, holder winner, hold winners. Um, Pero yun, malikot naman kasi tong pintuoto. Medyo nasa price to perfection stage sa 40. Let's see, baka magkaroon ng entry point. Um, speaking of mga price for perfection na medyo ngayon, mas palatable, Etsy. So Etsy is from $7 to $70 um, in the last uh, 4 to 5 years. It has recently corrected to about 40 uh, we made an entry, we said buy 40, pero even at 44, 45, you can continue to buy. Um, I expect Etsy to hit about $60. Could happen by next year or could happen this year. And the reason is because um, Etsy's uh, e-commerce, mga pagtingnan mo yung sales niya, yung margin niya, lahat, it's growing well. So, Walang problema. Kaya lang yan nag-drop kasi they introduced some free shipping fees to encourage people to shop more. So, yun. They took in some losses during that time. Ganun lang. Mm. Tsaka they bought some acquisitions. Yung reverb, which is mga musical instruments. So, yun. It's just a short-term focus yung mga ibang tao. So, they sold. Okay. Um I have an, another um um have other picks. Alam niyo na yung iba. The other picks are yung as usual yung Telaria, you just want to keep it. Pero yung iba um I am looking at Crisp and Livongo. CRISPR Therapeutics is genetic editing. 
Livongo Health is um it analyzes data on a diabetes patient. So it offers a platform to prevent um diabetes um detection. Basta may mga ganun yan eh. May may company kasi na nagde-detection ng mga cancer from $5 naging 125. That company's exact sciences. So I'm looking at whether these names could follow suit. So take I'm taking a look at LVGO, Livongo Health and CRISPR Therapeutics which is gene editing. Very uh very scary tong mga companies na to since medyo bago pa sila and hindi pa proven pero yun you want to probably put a watch list on both of them. CRISPR Therapeutics, CRISP and um LVGO Livongo Health. Okay, so I hope you learned a lot. And this is Nikki signing off. Bye.